Hey, and welcome to the Rainbow Boys. This is a fishing podcast for aspiring anglers and folks who just don't fish. Yet. I am Dan. This is Nick. The Rainbow Boy community exists for one reason and one reason alone, to inspire all to go on an adventure, be it in the water and the trees. We just want you to get out there and get your toes wet, friends. Today on the pod, we're going to be talking about where the money from our fishing license go and how that money is used to benefit the sport of angling. Your fishing license is probably the most important thing that you can have in your tackle box. Got to have one. To be a responsible angler, you need to pay for your fishing license. And and the reason why is because it helps improve the game and the sport for for everyone involved. And it does a lot more than that. The state of Colorado, where we're at here, has free fishing days. And that is always the first weekend of June. And of course, you've got to follow all the laws, all the bag limits, everything out there. Get out there every June. Have some fun. Get your toesies, wetsies. <laughs> now we're hobbitses. The most important things to note when you're doing some research, looking into how much is it going to cost me to, to buy a fishing license. In the state of Colorado, you have to have been a resident for at least six months. Hey, Nick, I got a question for you. Where do you go, go. to get your fishing license? You know, you can go a lot of places. Certainly the easiest in today's day and age is go online, go to Colorado Parks and Wildlife, cpw.org. I think it's org. Let me double check that. I'll tell you what, while you're looking that up, it's important for everyone to know that if you do not have a state.co, if you do not have a driver's license in the state of Colorado, even if you've lived here for over a year, you will have to pay for out-of-state licensing. Take it from me, the guy who's lived in Colorado for over a year. I had to pay a lot more money. I literally had to, I had to pay double. Oh, no. But it's worth it. I didn't it. know I mean, that. I'm out there. It's a long story. Yeah. But this could be the podcast for it. I couldn't find my birth certificate, Nick, so I couldn't get a driver's license. Oh, I had to dude. Order a birth I had the same problem. And when I finally, you know, I visited three or four different places that sell license, and they all finally, like, led me to the main uh, park's and wildlife office and i called and they're like oh yeah no that's cool man i'm glad you have all the backup paperwork but it doesn't matter because you don't have a colorado driver's license <laughs> i was like oh it, it can be a hassle I, we went through the same thing <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know my 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 birth certificate that i've had my whole life was not valid anymore how's it going no because it was bro. it was notarized by the county it had to be a state notarized document all right yeah, so you can ridiculous. get your license online at the colorado site you can get it cpw.state dot co dot us we'll have that link in the in the show notes of this episode and then you can go to stores like walmart big sports stores like dick sportsman or shields or i'm gonna guess bass pro shop <laughs> you can Certainly, also yep i left you can also go to local fly shops and tackle shops in town there are lots in town honestly if you're listening in any other state that all still applies to where you can get access to a license you look back on history and and here in the united states We've had a lot of challenges with conservation and preservation of wilderness areas and wildlife. That thing called manifest destiny. You can all think back to that time and age and how there were a lot of different species, uh, both big game, uh, small game, as well as fish that were on the brink of extinction. Mm. And so around the 1860s, there were a lot of people, there was a a smaller movement developing in the country of like, hey, Manifest Destiny is great and moving out west and and building all these cities and towns and railroads is great. But what's going to happen when all of the wilderness, all of the beauty of the natural world is gone? So a bunch of people like Aldo Leopold, Teddy Roosevelt, John Muir, in the, the latter half of the 19th century, started to organize conservation groups and, and build on these basic 
principles that became the North American model of wildlife conservation. The basic principles of those are that fish and wildlife should be for the non-commercial use of citizens, and they also should be managed that they are available at great population levels forever. So not just protecting the natural world, but protecting the animals that we share it with and making sure that us as humans can enjoy sports such as hunting and fishing for not just the current time being, but for generations to come. A lot of things happened leading up to actual legislation, but there were a lot of issues with birds. There was the Migratory Bird Treaty Act of 1918, more bird legislation in the 30s. Getting into fishing, which is what we're all about here at the Rainbow Boys. Now let's pause it and let's take a, let's do a hard shift into a migratory bird treaties. I have never heard those words together before, migratory bird treaties. A a lot of like the game sports and and game Mm -hmm. hunting, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of birds, mostly turkeys and and ducks have a lot of legislation currently. And again, I I won't go there, but to preserve this wildlife and this sport and, and their natural habitats became a major focus because it was very easily and quickly disappearing. Mm. So one of the major acts that came through in 1950 was the Sport Fish Restoration Act. It's currently known kind of in short term as the Pittman-Robertson Act. And it started laying out some taxes that could be used for conservation as well as preservation. Everything that you think of when fish stocking, research to make sure that we're keeping fish free of disease. A lot of those, they are very new ideas that within the past 80 years, I mean, this is this is all fairly new and so it's it's currently evolving most recent the dingle johnson act came to be to allocate certain tax monies on the import export sales of fishing gear as well as motorsports, I think your boats, your boat fuel, that could be divided amongst the states. So it's a federal legislation to divide against, divide between the states so that each state has some amount of money to put towards conservation and wildlife preservation. Representative Dingle is a Michigan guy, Representative Johnson, Colorado guy. So thinking about the rainbow boys. Yeah, it's like you and me. Am I the Dingle so, or am I the Johnson? Or are you the Johnson and I'm the Dingle? Or It's an oh, unfortunate pairing of names. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, 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 yeah. So all the money that gets collected by all of this market movement, as well as fishing licenses and those, those fees, go towards conservation, habitat preservation, as well as maintaining the population. So it's research, it's paying biologists and ecologists to make sure that everything is in perfect harmony to keep all of those animals safe, happy, healthy, so that when you go out there with your rod and reel, cast it out there and catch a fish, that you know it's going to be the healthiest and close to as nature intended as it could be. The money, can break down some numbers here. So this is for the state of Colorado. Anglers contribute $2.445 billion to the state economy. I don't know. So that, that includes, I know, right? That includes your, your fishing your fishing license. And then on top of that, that's that's your gear, everything that you're paying for, including like motor motor fuel for the boats. Uh, stark wow. contrast to that, and not to not to hit on our, our family, our cousins in hunting, they they contribute eight hundred and forty three million. So if you look at those two numbers, I, I mean, fishing fishing is huge, huge mm. for conservation, 
huge for the economy. When you're getting out there, you're buying your gear, you are creating a lot of jobs and helping keep our wildlife beautiful and pristine. It's almost like conservation for the fishies and for humanity. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody living in living in harmony. I mean, we yeah. keep them safe and they give us the wonderful opportunity to get a tight line and that yeah. that wonderful feeling of catching a pretty little trout. That tug is the drug. So all of all of these these taxes, these these laws and the fishing licenses. So there is wording in all of these laws that all the monies that are collected have to go towards conservation. Hmm. So it's it's not like the laws are passed and and you're paying for new roads or or you're paying for infrastructure improvements, all that sort of thing. Everything that is related to game, particularly in our case, fishing licenses and fishing gear and the taxes that are paid on that go directly into conservation. A, a lot of the focus on on the research and wildlife management tries to keep overpopulation down. And, mm. and certainly that is a major debate in both angling as well as hunting on whether or not we should have as many hunters or anglers out there on any given day. But with the money that we are paying in our fees and, and in our gear, we are giving the best and brightest in their field, the biologists and wildlife managers, the opportunity to have a career, to dedicate their lives to doing the research so that they can make sure that they're not overextending the sale of licenses and, and everything in, in relation to that. So going back to the importance of having a fishing license, if you're fishing out there without one, you're unaccounted for. Uh, how can these guys do their jobs? They don't know how many people are fishing. They can certainly estimate, but if we're going rogue, we're hurting the ecosystem. If if you have a passion for, for fishing, you, you want to do it the right way and give everyone the opportunity to preserve the game, the sport for future generations. So outside of the biologists and wildlife managers, they're also funding game wardens, helping give, so this is another Colorado statistic, 25,000 full-time jobs across the state. And all of that wow. money paying all of those salaries comes directly from license fees. You know, That's big, wild, dude. Big, big in our state, <laughs> in our economies. Because think about this, I and mean, if they're so passionate about their jobs, you know they're out there on their days off. They're feeding it right back in. You have right. that wonderful, beautiful cycle of of keeping the conservation efforts up. Yeah, a little secret is that one of the Rainbow Boys wants to be a game warden. Yeah, so pay your fishing license fee so I can have a job in my future. Yeah. <laughs> Retirement's not real. I'm going to need to do something. Can you be yeah. a park ranger at 70? Because I'm going to be trying it. Oh, yeah. I'm Watch sure out for the bears. See them everywhere. So to really sum up and reiterate why all of this is important, is certainly buying your fishing license and, and paying that fee is doing your part in conservation and wildlife preservation. Protects our vulnerable species. It gives the biologists, ecologists, and wildlife managers the opportunity and the, the career to serve their passion. And, and certainly here in Colorado, the, the cutthroat trout is our only native trout. Do you know that, Dan? I just learned that, Nick. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I, haven't, I haven't caught a cutty, but uh, it's on the list. Certainly fun. We could make a whole episode on, on why the cutthroat is unique. But because of all of the mountainous streams and the isolated habitats that they live in, they are very distinctly different than all of the other trout species. I can't wait so, to do an episode on that. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Once we get into a whole bunch of deeper things, you know, it's it's a endless bottomless bag. Speaking well, actually, of bags, it's, a, it's two. It's a two bag. It's two limit. I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to know your bag limit. That's that's another thing. Uh, why it's important. So we have all these laws here for a reason. They've been written for a reason. So to pay your license fee is is also like your ticket. 
your entry ticket to, to kind of filter out the so-so. I'm just dipping my toe in the water to the, the people that are really going to be serious about it and respect our laws and, and respect the, the habitat and the, the fish that live in them. And that's education to be better anglers. Colorado Parks and Wildlife offers a lot of free programs, education, safety, fishing safety, both in the summer as well as winter. Ice fishing is a huge sport here in Colorado. Knowing what you're doing and getting out there, that's part of what we're trying to help do. But certainly the experts are the experts for a reason. And that's our money goes to help them offer these free programs. We're, we're trying to leave the world a better place for our kids and their kids and everyone that comes after. So having wildlife conservation in place through the money that comes in by way of our fishing licenses is, is one way that we're paying it forward. Quickly though, because this hasn't happened to me yet and I keep thinking about it. What I would do if somebody asked me to provide my license and because I, oh, yeah, like, I, don't, I don't actually like have it on my person, I just read something online that it's like, oh, you can download this app and your license will yep. show up in the app. It's called the My Colorado, my Colorado app. is the app. And yep, My Colorado is the app. And it's versatile. You can have your driver's license on there. So Colorado is, is one of the states that you don't actually have to have a physical hard copy of your driver's license. You can have a digital. No way. So <laughs> thinking worst case scenario is you ever get pulled over or something happens and you need to provide proof of identity, your driver's license can be stored in this app. It's through the, the state. So it's, it's a secured system. As an add-on to this, you can tag and have all of your licenses for hunting, fishing, whatever games that you're interested in. Certainly for us, it's it's fishing. So your fishing license is inside of this app. So all you do is swipe one over. And if, if you're stopped by a game warden or, or someone in state park asking to see your fishing license, you have a digital copy if you forgot your hard copy at home. Certainly if, if anyone ever asks to, to see your fishing license, it's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's, it's that person is making sure that the laws are being followed and and that we are doing our best to pay it forward. So it's it's never a, oh boy, what have I done? Unless you're over the bag limit and certainly you should be concerned. But <laughs> it's, it's someone doing their job, coming out to see how you're doing. And honestly, those interactions could be some of the most useful that you can have. Because obviously you want to be respectful. And if you know the laws, you know your limits and you cooperate and are kind as we all strive to be here as rainbow boys, you can spark up a great conversation and start asking for tips. And Hey, do you know if anyone's caught anything over there? And do you know what they're using or what's, what's your favorite spot on this body of water? Yeah. The, everyone that works for, for parks and wildlife, they're, they're people just like you and me. They're doing a job because they love conservation and preservation just like we do. And they are a wealth of information. Been taking notes while you're chatting to catch everyone up on what you've been talking about. <laughs> when you buy, your Colorado fishing license, not only do you get to start fishing in the state's waters, but you're actually participating in the conservation of the environment, as well as creating jobs, as well as helping the state's economy, supporting educational initiatives, maintaining these public lands. It's great, man. There's a ton of value. The basis point is you get to fish, you're helping with conservation, maintaining public lands, education, promoting the local economy. And it's it's a, it's affordable. Like we mentioned, we've mentioned in episodes before, if you care about our environment and you want to be a part of it, it's a beautiful way to get involved. It's almost like making a donation to the community and to the economy and to nature. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. You might be listening to this on podcast, but we're also on YouTube at Rainbow Boys, boys spelled B-O-I-E-S. And if you've got any questions or want to send us a voicemail or a little chat chat, maybe something we read on the show and we chat about, you can email us at 
rainbowboyspodcast at gmail.com. And that's boys spelt B-O-I-E-S, Rainbow Boys Podcast. We hope you got a lot out of this episode. And until next time, we hope you have some tight lines out there, friends, and we hope you get your toes wet. <laughs>